0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Guys Stock Talk Show with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Momentum. And we are 32 year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities and go underground in order to provide you with our candid views on a couple of stocks we screen for here in the shop each week. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news. But our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air, so we've disguised our voices and they'll never know. This week, it's February 20th, 2013. We've run a screen in the shop that's uh, kind of a valuation-y screen and also a quality uh, profitability screen. But before we get to that, a couple of important caveats. First, this show's for entertainment purposes only. It's not a guarantee. Secondly, Mo and I are professional analysts and portfolio managers during the week. But here on the show... Uh, we we're kind of kicked back. It's after hours, and we've been very careful to do none of the, uh, you know, very uh, detailed analysis we do during the week. In fact, this week we've done even less than usual. Wouldn't we did, you say we did. I mean that we worked very hard. Which on that. is
1: hard. Which is hard I know, to do. <laughs> Surprise ourselves.
0: Third, um, and our lawyers say to remind you that we may not have your best interests in mind, and you should do your own work. We may accidentally. Or, as Mo points out, Intentious. purposefully uh, recommend the wrong thing to do, so check check our work. And fourth, and I think this is more true this week than some weeks, Mo, because we've had an extensive uh, meeting here, business meeting yes. over here. But uh, we've been drinking a little bit here. It's like after hours, of course. See all our caveats, disclosures, photographs, links to past shows, links to... Uh, future shows. Future shows. All our tickers now are indexed for years with this, uh, you know, dollar sign ticker. You can search on Google. We're on Twitter, Facebook. I think Twitter is just at value guys. Facebook is the value guys or values. I have a page. And there's links to, you know, individual tickers now and all kinds of things. So go check that out. We're on Google Earth, too. Don't our uh, headquarters
1: is pinpointed. There's yeah, a... but to, except it's, uh, it it shows us in Memphis. I don't know how they got that wrong. Uh
0: have you ever been to Memphis? Yeah, I was uh, I used was, to go there. Yeah.
1: Peabody Hotel with the ducks in it.
0: Yeah. Or where oh,
1: I have a lot of good memories at the Peabody.
0: So and I think there's photos of that trip on our uh, website. Yeah, so yeah. go check that out www.thevalueguys.com and uh also Twitter and Facebook and uh Google Earth as well. So uh, we're going to be back uh, with three great ideas from this screen that we ran. It was a part valuation screen, just an enterprise value to sales uh, criteria. Uh, We did a couple of other little things with the screen, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, But first, we're going to do a little something we like to call the Value Guys Wall Street News, featuring momentum and this week with some fanfare
1: ah, ah wow. nice Very okay good. momentum Wall um, Street Wall Street News You uh you were the one that, that gave me the heads up that uh, Bloomberg uh what was that that article you emailed me uh during the week Oh the salt the salt thing Yeah he's a uh, He's basically going to eliminate salt from New York City. And, of course, the concern is that with the, the big snow that's coming, what are they going to do? What could you? He wants to put, he's saying instead of salt, which is bad for everything. Yeah, right? it's bad maybe for people, bad. You know, it's coming out of the McDonald's hamburgers. It's coming off the streets of New York City. So with this snow coming, they're going to try to use oatmeal.
0: It's uh- organic.
1: Mo, well, sort of, I have a
0: huge issue. I have a huge issue with it. Let's say a storm comes. Yes, okay? Imagine no salt. This. There, there's no, I'm with you. The power goes out. Yeah. All right? How are you going to preserve meat? Exactly. I'm just saying. Yeah. If you don't yeah. have salt, I don't know if he's thought and this And even through. if he can
1: preserve it, it won't taste as good without And then what about salt. the
0: salt industry? Right. Are we thinking about the jobs lost as a result of less salt? Yeah,
1: that's So true.
0: meat preservation. Safety. Gone. Safety. I mean, what are you going to throw on the streets to prevent people from falling? Right. Right. I don't know. Anyway, I have I mean, I think he should
1: call in and Very we can controversial. have a, a
0: healthy debate about the the banning of salt and whether that's good for the city, you know, honestly. Anyway. Where's that? We're <laughs>
1: still we're still talking. Oh, uh, let's turn that down. There we go. All right. Uh,
0: Okay, well, what's in the news? There's a couple things in the news. This you were
1: saying something about the uh, the big deal that's taking place right now, right? You were asking me questions oh. about kohlberg Kravis.
0: Well, the uh, no, just the the big Herbalife. Uh, you know, right, the right. big debate between uh, who Ackman and uh, Icon. Yep. And Ackman uh, thinks it's a pyramid scheme, and Icon. Doesn't like Ackman, and so he's and taking how, the other side. And, and how
1: old is he? Ninety? I don't old? know.
0: Uh, he was at my bris, so uh, <laughs> uh, how old is that he? that? Is <laughs> that something anyway, you get when you get your I don't know. MBA? That's a different show. But no, he's he's up in age. He's up there. But here's the thing, and I just wanted to weigh he in. Sounds on like
1: this. he's ninety years old when he's he talks. probably,
0: but he's he's you know he's feeling pretty good. He just had a big win with Netflix. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's still in the game. I That's mean, we true. hope to
1: be in the game. Yep, from our wheelchair age. Yeah.
0: So I know, but I think you know, I, I've looked at Herbalife in the past. This idea that it's a pyramid scheme—that idea is always floating around. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what is a pyramid scheme, first of all, and secondly, is it bad? Okay. Well, I mean, so,
1: they—they—it they, worked
0: in Egypt. And now well, they have tourists have from
1: around the world but flock I think, there.
0: Here's what people seem to think, is that they sign up people to be, you know, salespeople, and then these people buy stuff, but they're just squirreling it away in their garages, never right. using it,
1: right. and eventually... Uh, I think it's called stuffing I, yeah, the supply chain. I
0: don't, but I, I don't think that's happening. And if it is happening, um, it's happening at a rate that seems sustainable. All right, what so, do you base that on? I base it on they're selling a lot of product. If you well, subtract better, you out all the inventory, up. all the inventory they have on the books, just subtract it out. Pretend that, okay, that's not really inventory. It's uh, or, or take out all the sales that you think are inventory, if right, you will. Right. This product turns very fast. So even if you think the stats are, even if you think that it's storing up in people's garages, Uh, and admittedly, we're doing as little work here as possible, but the inventory turns suggest that there are really people using the product. I mean, they may be burning it for fuel, I don't know, but Herbalife is selling product. They're selling Mm. product. And if they're selling it to people that call themselves salespeople, because they need to have something to do, that has some respect, they get business cards. You know, the reasons we come to work, if they have those kinds of perks, uh, you know, but I don't think it's a pyramid scheme in the sense that it's a bad thing uh, or that it's not But you're not, disagree,
1: you're not disagreeing that maybe a large percentage of the sales go to people who are part of the cult and are in the selling part of the business? But that's not increasing they're, as a percent
0: of the total value of the firm okay. is what I'd say. Okay. There is an amount that's inventory, and uh, any business has a lot of inventory. I mean, certainly distributors, if you look at their inventory, and they're in the business of distributing, it's a big number, but it's small as a percent of sales. And so I would, think,
1: you, would you buy the stock?
0: Uh, I don't know that I would weigh into the stock because it's so affected now by psychology of these titans battling. In fact, the reason we brought up KKR is this was hearkening back to the early days of our career with that... Uh, 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, that
1: RJR Nabisco. Uh, yep, that, was, that was what they wrote uh, Barbarians at the Gate about. Barbarians at the Gate, and, and now that we're inside the gate, and there's so many of us, we don't even recognize that we are barbarians. Uh, well, it, it's, it's so
0: hugely entertaining at a base level, you know. Um, these two guys, both very successful, um, have opposite views. I think this should encourage students of finance, that these two very successful gentlemen um, have completely opposing views on this issue, and yet they both have successful careers. Right. Unlike some professions, like architecture, like if you think the building's going to fall down and I don't, and it does, you're probably done. But in finance, one of these guys is going to be wrong, and they're still going to be very successful. And it's
1: going to happen soon. You think so?
0: I think we'll know within a year. Yeah. It's very interesting. I I did pull up the valuation metrics on uh, Herbal Life. Just for kicks, they have a long history of growing earnings and cash flow, real cash. Um, and the stock trades right now at six times EBITDA, which again, if you think of EBITDA as a cash flow, you know there are you have to subtract a few things, of course. But uh, there's not a lot of capex required at Herbalife, and enterprise value as the price we'd have to pay that becomes a yield. So it's sixteen percent, Mo. I mean, hmm. it's certainly worth somebody taking a few hours
1: and, and doing a look their at own it. work.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you know, I'm always skeptical as a sell-side analyst. When um, when somebody that's smart and sophisticated takes a short position, a big short position in one of my stocks, because here's my assumption: my assumption is I have to follow fifteen companies. I have to follow four or five corporate finance clients. We've got we're spread so thin. Now a short can say I'm only going to focus on one issue with one stock. And they can spend a fortune hiring specialists <laughs> and working with assistants yeah. just
0: to do that one Getting piece of research. Right. Remember when Barron's used to just listen to those guys right. and one of your stocks would show up as a short in Barron's? Yep. It was just like, oh
1: man, right. this is a bad weekend. So yeah. those guys always have more firepower to do the research and it's more focused than we than yeah. we can in our jobs. So one of the things that always makes me very cautious is Not to bet against those shorts because they have a huge incentive to be right, and they can spend it. They can push fortune.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, that's why I wouldn't get involved. It's going to be interesting. It does look
0: cheap, but again, I don't know that uh, you know uh, the free market is uh, valuing the stock right now. So
1: interesting. Um, So let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. You said you loosened up. Loosened it up. Yeah. The screen. Oh, the tie too, though. Okay. Well, I did. I came <laughs> over. Um,
0: Mo was kind enough to host the show in his uh, estate uh, today. and so I came over, and of course, Mo, you're very relaxed. You've been enjoying the day. I'm coming from the office, and uh, yeah, I had to pull off the tie a little bit. This tie is from, I think the late '80s. Mo yep. you were. Uh, yep. So uh,
1: So you loosen things up. Yeah. and
0: Well, we had a screen last week. That we had three good ideas, I think, but we only had thirty that came through the screen. That's a little tight. You right. want to, like, if you're picking players for, you know, in the draft, you want more choices. You can't, you don't want to pick, you know, you want a hundred candidates.
1: We do grade on a curve. Yeah. Just remember.
0: So I loosened a few things up this week. The screen is basically market caps three hundred million to. Four billion versus five. Yep. Yeah.
1: Five billion last. last
0: show. Five billion. And uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah.
1: Did that really? Did that really change the size of the? the
0: well, my goal was. What, to, what did your
1: number decline when you when you shrunk the market? It, cap?
0: it did. See here. My goal was to actually have more names come through the screen so we could hand choose them so carefully as we do here. You know. Right. And so I wanted more, but that particular uh, criteria actually tighten the screen. Right. But the reason to do that, Mo, getting at some of the secret uh, value guys' Let me sauce guess. here. Let me guess. Yeah. Coverage. Coverage. As a sell side guy, you understand what I'm talking about. The sell side, they have their limits. They're not going to cover things where it's not, you know, valuable to do so. As you get smaller, there's less trading volume, deal sizes are smaller. There's more families involved that don't want to listen to rational thought. They want to just do what they want to do. Blah blah. So so so, what, so by going smaller, you actually disproportionately reduce the analyst coverage on those names because five billion is kind of a natural cutoff for yeah. where you might put coverage. So
1: hence, we, hence the idea that uh, by by shaving a billion dollars off the criteria, yeah, you. Uh, you basically screen out the names that have got good analyst coverage and now you've got a much more inefficient market.
0: That's exactly right, Mo. That's my thesis on that move. Hmm. But at the same time I want to look at more names. So what I If you took another the...
1: billion off, could you could you blow off more analysts uh, I and could, get it even yeah, better? Yeah,
0: you can do that and you know, we might do that on a future show, but in the spirit of you know, I wanted to increase the pool. Remember, last week I just had 30 names. So yeah, I, I yep, just went yep. to four. Okay. I could go lower. I mean, in the shop, we look below two, and we've done – we did years of shows only looking at below two. People can go dial that in. I mean, that's a that's a great place to fish. But I didn't do that today, Mom. Okay. So $4 billion. And then
1: uh, – One last thing. I yes, just, sir. I just looked at something. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Our first name, and I'm not even going to let you announce them, but our first name that uh, you're going to talk about has only five analysts that follow it. The second name you picked out have six analysts follow it, and the next name has only six analysts, I too. like that. So, that. so that sort of suggests, yeah, that criteria works. Well, and you know that a third of those guys are asleep, Right, right, and, and then another the third might be us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right,
0: and then you know there might be just two people paying any attention here. A couple people have it on their list because their boss, who they don't like, told them to do it, and two right. people don't even pay any attention.
1: So we them. need to call it effective. Coverage is uh, even less. Yeah.
0: So okay. So four billion. Yep. The other criteria, we had an enterprise value to sales criteria here. Last show I did one one point five. I mean, if you want to get really serious value. You go below one. But look, we're in a little bit of a bull market. Things are moving a little bit. you got to be a little loose on that. And there's still a lot of buyers that only look at PEs. I was talking about this with someone in the shop today where, you know, there's, there's investors who if the PE isn't below 15 or 10 for the next 12 months, they won't buy it. Well, guess what? That means companies that are losing money and about to be profitable and have a Meaningful improvement in their valuation are ignored by big swatches, swaths, if you will,
1: of the, of investment the market.
0: Yeah. Of the in- so that's why I don't always like to put an earnings criteria because the ones that are about to turn profitable you miss, and those are some of your best performing names. Right. So I use enterprise value to sales. We loosened that to two, yeah. which again is bigger than I like. The other thing we loosened, a little bit bigger. The other thing we loosened was uh,
1: the momentum <coughs> criteria. Yeah, right. Exactly. You went Thank from you, both. Uh, you went from twenty uh, percent off the bottom to almost forty percent. Well, off the last bottom.
0: show I said you have to be no more than twenty percent off for up from your fifty-two week low, which means things just starting to get going. Right,
1: early on the inflection early point. Early
0: on, and uh, and this week I went to forty uh, percent, so it's still in the lower half of your fifty-two week range. But you have a little more uh, momentum, if you will,
1: for you, Mo. So you know, let me yeah. ask you a question: When you look at the size of this new list versus the size of the much more restricted list last yeah. week, did you ever compare? Did the numbers stay the same? Did yeah, we get no, more we, names? Yeah, um, we we picked up uh, last week. There were only
0: thirty candidates, and we had to pick three. And this is a serious responsibility. Exactly. I mean, honestly, value guy listeners, you know, so but Val, that wasn't value, you know, yeah.
1: That screen, if that screen yeah. worked so well, yes, sir. any three we picked would have been magnificent. I mean, no, they well, would have been great. You know, a great screen, great I don't know,
0: because a screen like that, we've talked about this, you still, there's value traps in there all day long. There's stocks that are cheap because they deserve to be cheap because they're... Value they're, trap? They're not, well, they're just, they look cheap because they're gonna going to keep going down. Uh, value you trap? You know, yeah, like, think of the Adirondacks as a mountain range. At one time, they were tall and steep and sharp at the top, and they got a little bit eroded. And imagine if you'd been waiting around for them to get sharp again. Right. Yeah. So some things, they head down and they keep heading down. You have to, I think, try to figure out, a lot of our job is to try to figure out which ones are really, you know, strategically in fine shape, and they've had some kind of tactical or, or
1: or, or alternately find out how far down is down. Everything
0: is worth something. You know, there are trash collectors. They make money. So, hmm. is, uh, that a, is that an official term? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Someone said that, I'm sure. Uh, okay, are we going to get into it? So we have three names that passed these screens this week. We went through, we had 80 that came through that screen, yeah. loosened up from 30. We went through 80 names, which is why we... Probably had a little more wine than usual because it took a little longer to go through these names. usually give about 10 Uh, minutes a name. Absolutely. And we came up with three. Uh, So the first up, well, let me name all three in case people want to fast forward. Darling International, DAR, came through. They provide uh, recycling solutions to the food industry. Excellus, which somebody must have paid a million dollars for that name. It certainly isn't the Smith Corporation anymore. But they are a defense solutions company. And then Magellan Health, which speaks for itself, I guess. It's a health firm named Magellan. So that's it. Uh, First up, Darling International, ticker DAR. Um, And I guess this week I took particular note of the return on assets um, as some sign of proprietary value-added capability to the company. Now, this one has been falling for a number of years. It was 14% in 2007. It's now 9%, but improving off the low in 2010. So they're getting a little better. Their return on equity is in the low to mid-teens. The reason you get it cheap is, of course, it's down off the highs. It's 6.6 times EBITDA. So in all these names, that's been an important criteria. The inverse of that, one over six point six, it's probably around fifteen percent, something like that. So that's a fifteen percent cash on cash return. I'm perfectly willing to compare that to a ten or twenty year, ten or twenty year bond yield. The duration of a stock is there's a formula, and I think it's one plus r over r for you academics, which would put the duration uh, of a, of an equity, you know, around what between 10 and 20 depending on the growth rate so that's the bond you should look at 10 to 20 those are yielding two and a half three percent this cash on cash is 16 or 15 i'm attracted to that return on assets in the upper uh single digits down from the teens so that suggests to me it can get back to that and uh you know not too much debt 20 percent debt to cap a history of uh you know, I guess sales growth, but it looks like it mostly came from an acquisition three years ago. Um, but I like the valuation, and I like the uh, EBITDA margins, which are in the high teens, low 20s, which suggests to me something proprietary. And the most interesting thing is what these guys do, Mo. They, uh, they,
1: they, they recycle beef. Now, how do you recycle a, a cow?
0: I left this part to you, Mo. This
1: is interesting because Re- I don't recycle. want to talk about they this. They recycle, they also recycle poultry waste. Look away, everyone. Poultry waste. Yeah. And I wonder, I know it's, the, it starts as poultry waste. Dirty underbelly here. When you recycle yeah. it, what does it no. become?
0: You know, McDonald's I, burgers. I just think this is, poultry the, waste. This, is, this is the part of the animal that few people want, I guess, is how Puffs. I would my it. Hoofs and
1: ears and tails. Uh,
0: rendering, recycling, and recovery solutions to the food industry. Just, this is just from the ten K. Uh, they
1: also make yeah. feed
0: grade fats. It says they have uh, it, the poultry waste streams into usable ingredients. I mean, I don't, I don't want. That's why I didn't want to get into all. Wow. That. Let's focus on like, that valuation. This, is, this is
1: like making gold out of. Well, I don't know poultry waste.
0: Well, it's certainly the vultures of the uh, human food chain here. I mean, they're they're taking the uh,
1: the low end. Do you um, know it's an interesting thing? You don't really think about chickens going to the bathroom ever, do you? Not. I mean, till eggs now. eggs come out of there, but not anything else. <laughs> I didn't. No,
0: I don't often think of that.
1: Right. There you go. But you but can. But I don't think
0: they're into that. I think this is the part of the meat, like the fatty part or the skin. Let's read this more carefully. I don't want anyone to shoot the messenger on this. I mean, the valuation, the profitability, that's what I want to focus it on, says, the annuity potential. It says right that
1: they, they take used cooking oil and they turn it into fat. That sounds good, it has got to be good to somebody, though. Yeah, it sounds what, great. Who are their customers? So they also have a recycling business, which is interesting also, that's called the the bakery recycling business. And they recycle bread, dough, potato chips, pretzels, and sweet goods and biscuits. They recycle it? I don't, I don't know how they Where do, do they get it from? They add water to it, get it all smushed. Well, I mean, who's and throwing
0: they're... out this stuff? Your Bakers. excess
1: potato chips? Yeah, I guess they, maybe they can go stale.
0: You know, I didn't. this is why I didn't want to get into this part of the show, because, or this part of the description here, because it says that they take some of these things and they turn them into cookie meal. Ooh. I mean, I like
1: cookies, Mo. Well, yeah. What
0: in the world? Uh, so so clearly, regardless of what they do, yeah, they've got a great they've right. got a
1: great looking uh, chart. And I want to just say admit. the
0: rendering part that it's not their entire business. Right. It's only eighty percent. So I just wanted to throw that out. It's not. If that's not a, you know that uh, that's disgusts you, right, it's right. not their whole business.
1: Right. 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 Well, well, the only other thing I would say is, you know, obviously something happened in 2011 uh, with the, uh, you know, with the sales more than doubling. Um, So the question is, something happened in 2011, you had this big spike up in the stock. Um, Has that story played out, or is that something that you should be positive about for the next three or four years? Was that, they must have
0: bought something. Sure,
1: and there are synergies that come out of that. There's
0: been no growth since that time. It might
1: simply be that they're realigning themselves, yeah. that they've been creating a base, and then the whole, the new entity, but it well, might have been an DA acquisition. Hasn't
0: improved either, so they right. haven't gotten any margin improvement out yeah. of
1: that deal. So, so maybe it's interesting, because it doesn't look like it's working on paper, yeah. but the stock prices. So, an enigma.
0: Hmm. Yeah. We don't
1: know really what they make. We don't want to know what they come out.
0: Anyway, I just saw this cookie meal, and you know I like cookies, so maybe. So what is Alexis? I don't know. What is anyway, Alexis let's move made? along. Next up, Excellus.
1: Only been around for about a year.
0: Yeah, it's the kind of name that I'm going to guess that cost a million dollars,
1: and I am not kidding. Sounds was, like a, sounds like a car. Well, what do you, you have? Oh, was, I've got the new. The I got the 13 Excelus Really? was the four were his, door.
0: Honestly, or it could be. <laughs> It could be, You were at a firm. Well, it could be. Uh, th- this sounds like a pharmaceutical, right? Oh, Excellus. Yeah. I mean,
1: Excelis, we were yeah. at
0: a firm that um, spun itself out and had to get a name from a company that names things. It was a million dollars
1: to name the firm.
0: Wow, that was a long time ago, too. That was a.
1: Uh, it to me it 15, sounds like a, a years ago. an erectile dysfunction drug. It may be. But Are you on Excellus? Let me talk about it.
0: Not yet. <laughs> Although at my age. I'm sure many of Any are. minute. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Excellus. Of course, it got through our screen. That's mm-hmm. why, we, you know, one nice thing about screens is that it got through the screen. It's like requiring a college degree to come to our club, right? You already know some things about them, and you like them without having to have really looked at it before. So, um, it's less than two times sales. It's got... Uh, foul. Yeah, I'm
1: sorry. Foul. Yes, sir. What's up? I've never seen this before. No? sell no. us? No, I've never seen this trend. What? What's that? Sales have declined every single year since December oh eight. Now, that makes sense for a mature company, but not for a company that just did an IPO. You shouldn't do an it IPO. Dell us, shouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. When you when you just do an IPO you gotta tell the people that are buying the stock and taking a big risk on an unknown company.
0: Well, actually, You've got to tell
1: them, hey, we're, we're on the verge of something really big, not you're buying into a dying. But look What's the, the scoop oh, of the sale?
0: I'm going to throw out, you know, bankers, investment bankers, get a lot of heat for stocks, deals that go up a lot or down a lot. Like, they've mispriced it, right? But yeah. look at this thing. They brought it out at like 11 or whatever.
1: Went down to 9. And, and
0: the market got a little crazy and emotional, but right now it's at 11. It's like it's at the price the bankers brought it
1: so Looks With like a giant. It looks like a giant <laughs> W.
0: Yeah, the stock price looks like a W. But hats off to the bankers because the price that they put on it is the price today, and that's uh, no easy feat. But uh, okay, so you pointed out something kind of negative—a consistent trend of sales declines. Let me suggest uh, a few positives. One, it's 3.6 times EBITDA. What's the inverse of 3.6? Well, three is 33 and. 4 is 25, so let's just give it a a 29, just to say. 29% cash-on-cash cash return. Um, so if we all bought the company, we would be getting a, uh, what did I just say, 29% cash-on-cash cash return. That's attractive in a world that's paying you 2.5% for the 10-year Treasury. Uh, I also like the return on equity, which is in the 30s and 20s consistently. The return on assets is lower, but they have some leverage, 40% debt to cap to help the return on equity. Uh, The EBITDA, it's going down, but they're still putting up a 13% EBITDA margin down from 13, or I'm sorry, 12.6 down from 13.4, which is pretty stable. Sales are going down, but... Here's the bottom line. This is a as a, a consultant to the defense industry. So one thing I think you know here is that it's going to be stable. It's going to be up a little bit, down a little bit, but it's going to be absolutely stable. The defense industry is letting them earn a 12% margin. That's actually pretty good for a defense contractor. They're completely in a cost-plus environment. And so if you, if you take, you know, 100 over 88, whatever that is, they're earning a little bit of a, you know, in the Defense Department's view, whatever that is, a 15% markup on cost. That's how you get to a 12.6% EBITDA margin. And it's been stable. The business is down maybe because the defense business is down in their category. And I suppose there could be some cuts. But at a 3.6% EBITDA margin, they could cut this thing in half and you still have an attractive business and so I well, like the stability know, of that, Mo, and I
1: like that valuation. It is, uh, it is interesting. If you look at the company's free cash flow, it's uh, sort of stabilized. It uh, was cut in half. Something, something happened to these guys in 2011. Um, but their free a cash rack, flow was – A back, pullback, maybe. I, I'm not sure, but here's, here's the thing. This company has a, uh, has a dividend yield of uh, 3.8%, and that is extremely rare. And the free cash flow, which suggests that they can support that despite the declining sales, um, so you're what, what you may be taking on. You, you're not, you know, you don't want to be catching a falling knife. But uh, for the risk you may be taking on, you're getting paid handsomely for it. So uh, I'd do some tire kicking and figure out what what's going on with the sales decline. Does the free cash flow now that it's stabilized, if it stays there, you got a safe dividend, maybe a little bit of growth. So it looks. That looks pretty compelling to me.
0: Well, just on that dividend I'd point out that uh, even with the decline in their business, they're putting up 330 million in net operating cash flow. They got 98 million last year. I'm sorry, 100 million. This is a forecast in capex, so their free cash flow after all spending is 203 million last year trailing 12 and their dividend is 80. Yeah. So it's, it's decently covered. Um, I guess if their business continues to erode, that ultimately could be in some danger. But at this valuation, I think that's pretty well baked into the stock, Mo. So I, I kind of like this thing on a uh, annuity-type basis, yeah. contractor yeah. to the Defense Department. So do I. Um, okay, last up. Magellan. Uh, Magellan Health, Mo.
1: Yeah. You kind of like this one. Well, you know, we were saying before the show, just talking about it in general, the ticker symbol is M-G-L-N. And uh, Val had said, you know, what's going to happen to these guys under Obamacare? The visibility of this business is always low. And I guess my response is, this is a company, this whole industry is an industry of survivors. They've weathered so many reforms, the reformations, the Great Divide, the schism here. They've, they've been through so many wars, and they survive. Yeah. And Obamacare is just another war. They have a thousand-year view. And, uh, you know, they're like, uh, did you know cockroaches have been around for thousands of years?
0: I think longer. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Same same. Same idea. Well, maybe the analogy is not the best. Yeah. But so, yeah, I think they're survivors. And when I when I looked at these guys, I thought, you know, they've been their uh, EBITDA has been sort of flatish. There's not a lot of dynamism there. But um, but I I I think that there's safety. So if you if you think people are a little concerned about the safety now with Obamacare, maybe it looks a little cheaper.
0: Well, healthcare at the base. You know, if we have a commitment as a society to well, let's not even get into debates about how much health care everyone should have. I think if you just say it's going to rise with population growth, um, you know, at a minimum, because we're certainly not going to slip back in terms of what people get, whether they earn it or whether the government pays for it. I think the commitment is is that people are going to get their health care. How do you determine the growth and the demand and all that? I think, you know, for me, it's a base level. It's It's population, and that just assumes per capita treatment, values stay the same. They very well may be growing. Um, Obamacare at the very least awards a whole segment of society that wasn't paying money for health care. It awards them health care. That may come out of taxes. It may come out of other segments of society as people have higher taxes and they go to fewer baseball games to pay a higher tax rate that can pay someone's health care. Who knows? Those are society decisions. But I think when you look at a healthcare provider—it's safe to say that likely demand is going to be rising and consistently rising. These guys are putting up a mid-single digits return on assets, and while normally I might not be attracted to that, I think if you're a healthcare provider with a government tilt to, uh, you know, running it and overseeing it, low returns are better because it's like the utility era. You can argue that. You're right, you're barely covering your costs. That's what they want. They don't want you to make any profit. So in some odd way, lower returns are better in an Obamacare environment because you're talking cost plus and all that, and they're certainly achieving that. So I'm going to give them that. Their sales have been, we talked about this earlier, Mo, uh, just there was uh, you know, one or two down years in the last 10, but they're consistently growing higher by, again, you know, kind of population growth, types of growth. Uh, the return on assets, as bad as it is, here's the good news, it's absolutely stable. So so's the T-bill, which trades at, you know, the inverse of two and a half times is, uh, what, 40 times. So the 10-year treasury trades at 40 times after-tax earnings, and that's what I have to think about is the value of an annuity. These guys are... Very stable in that regard. They're, uh, they're paying no dividend, but they're trading at 3.4 times EBITDA mo. So again, if we, our buddies and I, our listeners all got together, we bought this company, we're going to earn, you know, what's 1 over 3.4? It's roughly, call it 28 times, uh, you know, 28% cash on cash return. And we could buy this company and if we did that, we would have to pay, looks like, $800 million. So admittedly, Mo, we don't have that between us. But we could certainly make a few calls and assemble $800 million. Right. And so could other people. And and, and that's ultimately the floor to crazy valuations like this. So that's what has me interested in this one. Well,
1: you know, it's interesting because you, you, you talk about... Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of buyover prospects. One of the things that caught my eye when I looked at the company was this is a company. I don't know this industry well enough, but it's a it's an industry where for this company they've never ever had a dollar of debt at the end of the year, and this goes back to two thousand seven total long term debt. Unless that's a unless that's a mistake on the uh, the database we're using, no debt, which suggests. You know volumes about the way this industry runs. It also would make them a little vulnerable in a takeover. But I looked at that no debt, and I thought, well, that's interesting. Then I looked at their free cash flows, which more often than not exceeds their capex, and not surprisingly, that that uh, nice combination has resulted in some growing book value. So look at this thing; it's called, The book value is going from twenty-two, twenty-four dollars a share, twenty-seven, then up to thirty, thirty-one, thirty-seven, forty-two. I mean, so that's nice, that's nice growth in book value. So if you're also, you think your book value is 42 bucks, stock's 51 that's not, I don't know. You it's gone of, up
0: every year on yeah, the page. right. It's impressive.
1: So, um, you know, as a, again, as a, God forbid, oh, I would take And they've been buying a,
0: shares, Mo. Exactly. I didn't notice that. They've yeah. been uh, consistently buying shares.
1: So uh, they're sending all the right signals, gets to know the story a little bit better, but they, they just, I they suspect they're survivors. I think that they're going to, they're going to... It's like us. We make money when the market goes up, we make money when the market goes down. We're survivors.
0: Yeah. You know, Magellan, uh, the Magellan, uh, you know, uh, expedition circled the globe. The Armada. And uh, and so maybe, but you know, he, he was killed in the Philippines.
1: Mr. Yeah. Armada?
0: Mar- Magellan. He oh, didn't make it the whole way. He didn't? I think. Yeah, or New Guinea. Somewhere, some island near the Philippines. It might not have been the Philippines. I wonder part. how that
1: factors into the name of the company.
0: I don't know. Maybe they don't know that part.
1: Maybe the company Circling companies? the globe up oh, until the, the Philippines. Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's All sort right. of it. That's sort of it for that's our three names. names. we also have a
0: little more to come. Well, we have that part of the show that Few people like, but we like. Called, paging through national economic trends. Where, again, we don't have to know anything to page through this document. It's from the St. Louis Federal Reserve. Uh, it's in my printer, and so.
1: Uh, and we're going to do something this week, which we don't we normally are. do. Yeah, we're we're not going pa- <laughs> to we're not going to pause. we not when uh, when we when we get our act together for doing we're just this. We're going to go live we're gonna right let, now? We're going to uh, let the recorder run the whole time through we so are? you can run to the refrigerator and get something to eat and be back and know that you're well, not going to miss can, anything. Really? Okay. No, okay. you can pause.
0: course. Cool. Okay.
1: We'll be right back.
0: You me worried there, Mo. <laughs> paging through national economic trends, and
1: there's some big news, Mo. I'll let you give uh, well, the big news. The part of the big news is that we have uh, another guest on the show, which uh, she comes. She comes on the you know the heels of a long line of la- uh, guests we've had. Lucky um, to have
0: her here tonight. Yeah, Mo.
1: I mean, we, you remember it was a few weeks ago uh, we had Paul Volkler on the show. He was good. Thanks, Paul. He was great. Milton, Milton Friedman's on the show.
0: Well, since he's died, he's been more available. He's been here many times.
1: Right. We've had, uh, you know, Bill Clinton did a show. and it's great uh, so have the greats. It is. And now we've got another great sitting here at the microphone. No name yet. No name.
0: But on a subsequent
1: yeah. show, she might have a uh, superhero secret. Yeah. Well, Stock market name. we'll
0: hear her point of view on uh, some of these important events. Mm-hmm. Cheers, actually, we have. Ready? What?
1: Listen to three clinks now. Yeah.
0: one, two, and that's three glasses. Three. There we go. Yeah. So welcome. Yeah, welcome so. to the show. So what have you?
1: Welcome to the show.
2: I told you I wasn't going to say anything.
1: All right. Well,
0: thanks for being here. <laughs> there you go. All right. So paging through national economic trends. We've got a crack team of uh, did you people say, who... Did you say cracked? Not cracked. Crack. crack. That may take on different connotations nowadays, but in my day... In the hood, it's not a what... A great it, team. Hmm. A great team of economics commentators. This has been critical to all of our jobs. You know, our mysterious guest was a, a sell-side analyst for many years, and... Spoke to uh, thousands of investors on a daily basis about investments. So we've and all been in that hot seat, and that's where we're at right now. Mo. Of course,
1: she's now in the Witness Protection Program, and we managed right. to make it through the industry alive, yeah. and, but uh, we know what it's like. Remember, we do change the voices
0: here on the show. Yeah. So that's good. But okay, well, we're paging through national economic trends, and for listeners that don't know, uh, we're just like, regular citizens, and we go to the St. Louis Federal Reserve, and we look up this uh, publication, National Economic Trends, that used to be, if you can think about it, printed with ink. But now, it's available with a click. It's updated every day.
1: And you print it with print ink. It anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah.
0: And it has everything that you need to know about the U.S. economy, and we page through it as, you know, curious citizens. Try to find some things to talk about. So, I don't know, do you have anything this week, Mo, you um, want me to go?
1: Well, hold on. I'm looking for something, and I need yeah. to see if I can find it, because I was going to try to relate two things that we were talking about. Um, yeah, there was, if you if you look early on, on page 13.
0: 13, okay.
1: Look at the top. Follow along, l- listeners. Real disposable, yeah. real disposable personal income.
0: Real dispos-
1: wow. Right, exactly. So, on one hand, that would suggest pretty good news for the economy, and yet, as our guest mentioned earlier in the break on page twenty one we've got yeah. um compensation, and compensation has been falling out of bed since um oh nine oh eight seven <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well oh, long term yeah, yeah, 08. but so. How can you have both of those trends at the same time? Personal disposable income is going up when compensation is going down. Do you have an idea?
0: Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. uh, Real estate? Stock market?
2: Is this the month of December?
0: Yes. Yes, it is.
2: Which is, we know unusual and large dividends were going out
1: uh, under the fear.
0: So this
2: is income from your investment. The special that dividends that were paid before
1: the tax hike. The
0: taxes. Yeah. So
1: you would,
2: you'd think that might end up going right back into the market, which might explain, a lip, I don't know what the levels are. But so
1: that would tell you huh. that if that was simply... That's
0: interesting. I didn't even think of that.
1: Yeah. good
0: I thing you she's I here. Say good
1: well, good thing she's here tonight. So you would then say that this little uptick, which looks very optimistic, is just going to go back to revert to mean, and yeah. we're stuck with the chart on page twenty-one, which is showing that we're seeing compensation scales really, really continue to decline. Well,
0: compensation. Uh, page I mean, 21, I can attest to that myself. Yeah. You know. Well, you've adjusted to retire, so you're. I think. Different <laughs> But, um, and yet you're still managing to get paid. So you've done a, a fine job. People can aspire to that. But meantime, these people in this compensation graph, their compensation as a percentage of GDP, these numbers are right on page 21, have been falling from 7% in 1987 to, uh, this says uh, a roughly 2% in 2012. Yet... Uh, the percentage of GDP uh, that falls into corporate profits has risen from 8% to about 14%. So clearly, owners of capital uh, who own the corporate profits have been outsourcing labor. This is U.S. compensation. A similar graph in India or China would look the inverse to that. So eventually, I think people have to realize, as we know, You know, we have to compete with smart people in other countries for providing information. Increasingly, people who provide labor have to compete with people in other countries because you can move factories. The good news on this, Mo, I'd say, and unknown person, unnamed, is that uh, right now because of the discoveries of gas, the United States has... Uh, low energy prices relative to the rest of the world—we're attracting a lot of manufacturing. Our manufacturing segment is growing, and I'm going to guess hmm. that this chart is at a low right now. Is going to turn around uh, because of all this cheap gas that's attracting manufacturing. But that's a tangential topic, I think.
1: Well, you know, one of the—I just got a quick question for you before someone over here wants to say something—is uh, you know, the next question I have from a big picture perspective is, if I've got this right, is first we outsourced cheap labor, and now we're outsourcing sort of up higher up the totem pole intellectual labor, right? Absolutely. Call centers. And the next thing we'll outsource is the actual consumption of those services. And then what are we left with?
0: Uh, I think, well, no. Because... Consumers, consumers are that's... a core... Please, ma'am. No, please, go ahead. Consumers are a core source of demand so really ultimately it's going to be where they choose to live right that's where the roads go that's where they built the canals to that's where the airports go it's going to continue to be that way that's where amazon's going to ship to so i think ultimately consumer demand is going to be driven by where people live but you will have these centers of competitive advantage in manufacturing and uh, they're going to move around based on different things currency labor costs, intellectual property. I mean, we have to compete as Wall Street types with cheaper intellectual, you know, property in We've, in, we've always in had India. to do that, but well, they, just, no, they just
1: come from, you know, places uh, like it's
0: California. Uh, medical, a great surgeon. You know, this has been going on a long time. Think in the 1890s. If you were the best singer in your town, you had a lot of business, right? But then records came in. Damn it, now... Someone can play a record, they don't need you. And at this point, it's a brain surgeon can operate a robot from another city that can do an operation and still using their intellectual property. So this idea that, I mean, every town used to have a bakery and trucks came in. Right. It's, a, it's just the Internet has allowed the, you know, uh, really the, the, the source of expertise to to. to so sort of triangulate to the best provider. And this shows a classic and, example of that. And because the location it, doesn't matter.
1: Until we did this blog, the only people that could hear us were um, Dick and Brian because we would do this outside their office. Yeah. But now technology is allowing hundreds of thousands of people to listen. Well, they're the still same. listening. Hey, Dick, get back in your office. I mean, they're still listening. Right, It's amazing. So do you have any explanation for why the economy is doing what it's doing?
2: No, but I have a question. What's the question? Do you think if we put this up for China or Japan or the, Germany, the chart, this chart, right? whether they too would have less and less money going to labor? I is everybody's doing this or is just just a result of our competition
1: with Probably From a little. It's position. probably a little bit of both because it, I think even over there, some of the labor is being eliminated by technology. You know, they're scaling up their their factories, and so the the component of labor that's built into stuff is going down every single year, um, just the way computational power is going up and computers are doing more and more.
0: Well, in China and India, though, they have such a rural population that made no money that just bringing people into the cities, I would bet their average labor cost is going up. And it's going up to match in the U.S. on some of these factories that provide product to Apple and some of the technology. So I don't know what you've read, but uh, but some of the labor costs are equalizing uh, between uh, Asia and the United States.
1: but
2: But that might not mean it's on a down.
0: I think it's up in those nations. I think the average compensation is is up. As a percent of GDP... you think it's it up?
2: Happen. Yeah, well, as a percent of GDP yeah. is the... Crowd. I do that's a good yeah. question. Oh, well.
0: They manage it, I suspect, a little bit. Those socialist uh, economies. <coughs> In India, I'm not sure. That's a good, a good question.
1: So, what uh, I else... I had the... something
0: on... Uh, let's see, you had jumped ahead to page 13. And I had something back here. I'm getting sleepy, Mo. Well. Late show wine is so good. I understand our mystery guest actually selected the wine tonight. It's delicious. Anyway, I want to go to something on page three. And again, listener, follow along. St. Louis Federal Reserve, I mean, it's click, click. And this is great stuff. Interest rates, we are just talking about this. There's a chart in here. Interest rates have been going down for 30 years. And if you believe that multiples on equity uh, earnings are related to the inverse of the long-term bond rate, It's been a good time to be in equities, Uh, even with this tough period we've had over the last five years. Although, you know, the the indexes are now, the indices are now above, above, in many cases, their old uh, peaks from those times. But I wanted to just point out that interest rates, so interest rates are very low. Of course, the Fed is buying bonds to uh, increase their price, which reduces interest rates. But over the last seven months or so, Mo, Rates have been quietly ticking Ticking up. up, And while when you go from 1.5 to 1.9, you know, nobody really notices that. It seems like, well, that doesn't mean anything. But the rate's impact on multiples is proportional. It's not uh, arithmetic. And so 1.5 to 1.9 is 0.4 divided by 1.5, which is roughly, what, 25% or a third or something? I don't have a calculator. But it's a big impact. On multiples, and I think you've been seeing that um, you've been seeing the opposite in the equity markets, which have been rising. So the question is, why are equities going up in terms of multiples while interest rates are going up at the same time, where the multiples, you know, the math well, I have to they they
1: they have to decouple. The question is, why have they coupled? Well, here's here's what I
0: want to say is, I think sometimes people think interest rates going up is bad, particularly bondholders. But in this case, it's good for equity markets. Why? And here's my thought. The value of capital, if interest rates are a price, the value of capital is going up in terms of the rental you can get on it. And that must mean that the people who are willing to do that and pay up for it, ultimately, equity, buy, equity owners are, are bar, they're the ones borrowing money. And so uh, capitalists have a belief that borrowing money at a higher rate is going to give them a return and that means perceptions are changing that uh, things are getting better, Absolutely. profitability is getting better. I think that's, you know, an underpinning to continued growth in the uh, GDP number. That's all oh, I want to say on that one.
1: So, and, it, and implied in that is the fact that you've got a lot of entrepreneurs that think the coast is clear. They're coming out of the woodwork and they're yeah. starting to borrow. And that so. is putting some demand pressure on rates Yeah, and so. something like
0: that. Just good. And then... Uh, see, I had one, uh, let's see here, I'm literally paging through, oh, this is a good one, uh, page 16, and this is going to shock some listeners, I just want to be up front about that, Mo, it's going to completely shock a few people out there in our listening audience. You may want to take your yeah, children into another cut, room. Take cover, okay, page 16, but it's public information, so you may have already read it. But there's a chart here that says government consumption and investment. And this is in billions of $2,005, which means it's already been adjusted for inflation. If this chart goes down, it means things are really going down after adjusted for inflation. What so exactly
1: right. does a government consume?
0: Well, Taxpayers. Well, I think government consumption and investment, uh, to me that means stuff that they're spending. They're consuming, that costs money. They're investing, that costs money. Yeah. So it's all their spending. I mean, to me, this could say government spending, but it doesn't It's matter. probably,
2: the investment maybe is a reference to what they're paying on their debt, so that's it what they interest, spend. Uh, it, yeah.
0: Well, the point I want to make is that this number, for the first time since 1988, and I'm sure years before that, it's going down. It's, it's actually going down. So, uh, you know... Whatever you think of the politics that are going on out there, uh, and who knows, it's gridlock. It's probably the best, but they're managing to have government spending, in a very real way, go down, and that is an accomplishment, and it's important because GDP has been so stagnant. Um, but it's so what
1: happening. is what is this graph going to look like in two weeks after we go into sequester?
0: Yeah. Uh, does it,
1: I mean, does it go down like a thumbnail? Does it go down? A
0: well, look. This says uh, billions of two thousand five dollars, so it's at two point four billion. Uh, the economy, I think, the government uh, in in current dollars is is a little over three billion. So, Trellant. and they're going to cut ten percent out of it. Sure. So, if we just stay constant in two thousand five dollars, it's at two point five. They're going to take two hundred and fifty out, and that would take you down to. Uh, Level back from ninth, the early '90s.
1: Well, what's the number? Do you have one?
2: Uh, I mean, they're trillions. I think. Well,
0: ten percent. You know, let's see, two fifty. It'd be about 20, uh, 2.1 trillion, down from two point. Yeah. So draw that. But draw that's th- in two thousand five dollars. So right. basic thing, but it basically.
2: doesn't happen in a in a year, it doesn't happen over well, a period of time.
0: I've got an anecdotal, uh, anecdotal <laughs> anecdote, if you don't mind. I have a cousin that's in the military. And they're pretty high up. I don't want to name names, but we're probably under surveillance right now. Is that your drone over there? I don't want to speak to that. <laughs> but he tells me, and we saw this. You know how the GDP number in the fourth quarter surprisingly went to negative, like negative, and everyone's yeah. was like, what the heck? That was all defense cuts, and he's feeling it. Every guy in the military is being asked to just stay home Fridays. I am not kidding everyone, everyone. that's not like my cousins
1: you know the team. good news the good news the Taliban's doing the same well, thing, so we've agreed are. with them that we won't work on Fridays. they're not going to work on fridays, I, and so the the you know world peace is sort of the status quo. Post our decision to do this.
0: I hope I'm not giving. So away state it's not secrets, like it's the. So don't. Our armies. Don't get being, all
1: freaked out about it.
0: Our army's being told to stay home on Friday. Was I am that happening not. Happening in the fourth quarter. It, that's why GDP. So, <laughs> look, defense spending is what, twenty percent of total government spending, or thirty. It's a big number on total. Uh, it's a trillion dollars. Uh, and let's face it, we're still going to be safe six million. days
1: out of the week, yeah. so yeah. that's not a bad well, trade-off. The they,
0: they're not always going to choose Fridays
1: to attack. Exactly. No, so when you run the numbers out, we month, can but, we can afford to take the <laughs> one. Let's anyway. just hope they don't listen
0: to yeah. this show. Anyway, so that big defense number, literally, I, that's we're what having fun. That's what happened. It came out. It came out in the fourth quarter. So that is part of but what what's you're in, seeing there.
2: Well, what's interesting is the state and local part actually looks like it went down more than federal, and they're not in defense, so there must be something else good going on. Well, a lot of on.
0: those guys have constitutions or laws that require them to bu- balance the budget, so they have to cut spending in line with their tax receipts. The federal government is not under that same constraint, so I think that's what you're seeing there. But anyway, I just thought I would uh, – this is, uh, I think, a, re- a remarkable uh, event, because it's probably the first time in our careers – Government spending in real terms is going down and is apt to be going down at a pretty good pace. And in some sense, that may be why the market's doing well. If the government shrinks as a percent of GDP, that helps growth and and that sort of thing from a, from a purely capitalist point of view. So well,
1: I have a question for our guest. What were you saying before about housing starts and new home sales? Is that your... Scribbling because I can't make out what that was. Were you chewing on this page? I can't read that. I think you were. <laughs> anyway, don't don't chew on the spreadsheets. Then we can read what we're trying to write here. That wasn't me. That wasn't. Oh no, no. wonder. Was oh, that you? It, yeah, it was me actually. Had a peppermint uh, flavor to it. So did you look at this? Did, were you talking about housing starts and new home sales, or no?
2: Ooh, that wasn't me.
1: Were you? I might have been talking about that. But you don't remember.
0: I might remember. It's like It's, it's getting getting late in the late show. Though. Is there any wine left in there? Oh, oh my gosh. a little bit. There's uh, a little uh, bit more. No, there isn't. But you can share some of this. <laughs> All I would say is... <laughs> Quick,
2: let's end it. Let's yeah, we end should,
0: this. <laughs> We're should. we should, We're out of wine. <laughs> One of our guests That's the is end having end Time <laughs> to go. <laughs> but just on home starts, and this can be the final thing, is that... Uh, There's been a lot of uh, anticipation in the materials companies and we've talked about USG on the show and Eagle Materials we own. They've really anticipated the expected growth in the housing sector and uh, you know what we're seeing is Housing Starts, which is the criteria, the, the series that drives demand, is running a little ahead of home sales. You were saying there was a bad report today about Housing starts, and that may be the reason. Housing starts on a great trend, but uh, moving back more in line with actual home sales. And it appeared that starts got maybe a little heavy. And if they sales.
1: can burn off that inventory excess in two quarters, we're back to trend.
0: Yeah. So, I guess that can be the end of the show. Uh, as uh, we've paged through national economic trends, we've given three great value ideas. What more can we do, Mo? Shared and our insights, guessed. bared our
1: souls, yeah. invited you into our homes, and introduced you to our friends.
0: Yeah, exactly. There you so, go. That's another week here on the Valley, guys. Now, did we? Did you have a favorite stock? We I did. And, uh, Phil I did. always wants to know, and I want to, you know, have a favorite. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to pick. Excellus, oh, because I like the I was, annuity potential of being a defense contractor, and the sentiment my is negative, talk. of oh. course, because yep. of uh, yep. the defense cuts that we were just talking about. So, Excellus, you got to be brave, but I think it's a great value at 3.6 times EBITDA.
2: So how often do you two agree?
0: Never. Yeah. Uh, and
2: tonight we have when you agreeing, were we were so this one's bound to plunge. It
0: might.
1: <laughs> Always the contrarian. We sometimes agree, don't we? Uh, I try not to. It's good to give the listeners two 87, minutes. do you remember? From 1987. Yeah. The spring, but that was we a little <laughs> bottle of wine, not a That stock. was I remember that.
0: That was the last
1: time we agreed. Yeah. On anything. So, no, I don't know
0: about
1: that. Do you think the show's over?
0: Probably, but we No, I don't think it is start? actually. He, he, <laughs> I don't agree did with you the same <laughs> Oh, you're picking the same one? You yeah. did.
2: It's right oh. here. He wrote it like a half hour ago. Oh, I thought
0: you were going to go with the uh,
1: meat renderer or whatever they are. The meat recycling the company? The
0: recycling company. Now listen, we're off mic now. The show's officially over. Ta-da! Now, really, Mo. Who, who, who's this uh, lady that you brought to the show?